Hey, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Enjoy Your Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Farrah Lawless. Now, we are starting a new five-part series, which I'm extremely excited about, talking about the art of mastering adulting. Now, adulting is something that we as millennials pretty frequently speak about. Um, Some person might say that adulting is having to make their own coffee or having to do their own laundry, having to make their own bed because becoming an adult now is allegedly so hard. (laughs) So we take those little minor things like you know, oh, I'm. You might see something po- someone post on social media like, oh, I bought my own groceries. Hashtag adulting, right? But we're gonna talk about adulting from a more spiritual um, and natural perspective because um, we joke. Like I said, we use little frivolous things to talk about how we are taking responsibility for our life in little ways, but. There's a very much more serious side to adulting um, when it comes to the things of God. And since this is a Christian podcast, we are going to talk about it. Today's topic is responsibility versus rebellion. And we're going to talk about um, the story of Josiah coming from 2 Kings chapter 22. So if you have your Bible or you have your Bible app, please, 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 please bookmark Second Kings chapter 22 and read through that and it's going to go 22, 23 and maybe you can go over to like 24. Okay. Um, and that this is talking about the, the story of Josiah, King Josiah. Josiah became king um, of Judah when he was just eight years old. Now, if you know anything about royalty and kingship, you know that this this means that he gained power over everything, everyone. He became the key decision maker for Judah at that time. So um, Josiah was a descendant of King David. Just to give a little bit of a background, um, King David came to serve God. He believed God and he had a covenant with God that his kingdom would be blessed as long as they kept God's commands and only served him. Um Solomon was the son of David. So after David, then came Solomon. And on his deathbed, David told his son, Solomon, keep the commands from the Lord and serve him only. So Solomon, you know, he promised that that he would do this. But eventually he broke this promise and he kind of went crazy serving idol gods, making alliances with other political powers who didn't believe in God. Um, They kind of started serving the same God like, hey, I have this idol want to share. You know what I mean? And Solomon just kind of ran with it. And his life didn't at all resemble his father, David, who sought to please the Lord. So after that, Solomon's sons and his son's son and so forth, none of them upheld the covenant that God made with David. And it seemed as though the Israelites drew further and further away when at some point they were deemed God's people. So all of the kings that came before Josiah, including his own father, they were terrible men. All they did was they they craved their own lust, power, wealth, respect from people, more than anything, respect or anything from God. So what ended up happening is, um, they built temples to worship idols in and they made these alliances with people who were self-seeking, immoral, ungodly, and just full of pride. So now we come to Josiah, who again became king at just eight years old. Um, he was a good man. The people loved him. Unlike his father, they hated his father, hated him. So 
One day, Josiah sends one of his um, officials named Shaphath to the temple. And he called it in the in the scripture, you'll notice he, they call it the temple of the Lord. Really, what was going on there is that they were worshiping idols. They had like multiples. I'm not going to put a number on it because I don't um, have that on the top of my head right now. But they had multiple idols that they worshiped. And if you go read the scripture, it gives those specific names of those different idols they were worshiping. They called it the temple of the Lord, but they had anything but the spirit of God in, in those temples. Right? So Josiah sends his official or his secretary down to the temple to collect the offerings. And then he told him while you're there, pay the men who did the repairs on the temple. And then he said, give him some money for material that they needed to do the other repairs. So it's like, you know, no big deal. Okay, cool. I'll go down there and pretty much run this errand for you, right? So when Shaphat gets to the temple, the high priest comes to him and tells him, I found the book of the law. So Shaphat reads the the book of the law, which was the commands that God had given. And now let's pause right there. Keep in mind the fact that the kings who ruled before Josiah completely forgot about God and his commands. So that book had been lost from generation to generation to generation. There were seven, about 17 different kings who ruled over Judah before Josiah came. So that book survived all of them and somehow ended up being found by the high priest, right? So Shaphat reads it and he's like, oh my gosh, I've got to read this to the king. So he goes to the king. King Josiah and he reads it to him and the the scripture says that Josiah tore his clothes. He and and if you if you know in um the Bible sometimes it talks about someone tearing their clothes. That's really their response of like are you kidding me? Like what in the world? It's a it's a response of um disbelief, of shock, of humility. They'll tear their clothes, okay? So King Josiah tore his clothes and he was like, "You know what? I don't believe this." Like We're not doing what God had given us to do. Like, what are we even doing with our lives? He realizes that there is something greater than what they had been doing. There's something far greater than the gods that they had been serving. So if, um, go with me to second Kings 22, um, verse 11. And it says, when they, and again, if you can't read it right now, please bookmark it or write it down and, and go back and read these next few chapters because it's super duper insightful and it's it's a crazy story. If you like drama, go read Second Kings, okay? So Second Kings um, chapter 22 and verse 11. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robe. He gave the orders to Hilkiah, the priest, Akim, son of Shaphath, Akbar, son of Micaiah, Shaphat, the secretary and Isaiah, the king's attendant, go and inquire the Lord for me and for the people and for all of Judah about what is written in the book that we have found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. So these guys go out and they speak to a prophet named Huldah. And she was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikvah, the son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobes. She lived in Jerusalem in the new quarter. So Huldah said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. So now um, Huldah is about to prophesy to the men that went down um, that the king had sent. She says, tell the man who sent you, which is King Josiah. This is what the Lord says. 
I am going to bring disaster on this place and its people, according to everything written in the book of the king of Judah that the king of Judah has read. Now let's pause right there. Remember, there are 17 kings that came before Josiah. So there were prophets that had came down through each generation, warning the people, telling them what God had said. If you go back through the word, you'll read, you'll read it. Um, the, the prophets had been prophesying, explaining to them like, yo, if you don't get it right, God is going to wipe you guys out. Cause the thing is God made a covenant with King David that he was going to prosper his people, that everything was going to be great. They were just going to flourish, but you've got to keep my commandments. You've got to serve me and no one else. So the people starting and it, what's funny is that it didn't, it's not like it, it started generations later. David's own son is the one that started this, this trend of disobeying God, serving idol gods, making alliance with self-seeking people. His own son did that. So then everybody else followed suit and was like, all right, bet. This is what we're going to do. This is how we were raised. This is what we were taught. So everyone else followed suit. So God is at the point of, you know what? I'm done. For generations, I've been trying to get you guys to get it right. I'm done. So he says through the woman of God, go to verse um, 17. Because they have forsaken me and burnt incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all the idols their hands have made, my anger will burn against this place and will not be quenched. So God is saying, you guys forsook me. You've been burning incense to other gods. You've been doing all of this stuff. And I asked you, specifically asked you to serve me and me alone. But you're out here doing all of this stuff. I have no choice but to get rid of you guys. So uh, verse 18, tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord. She's so she's saying, tell King Josiah, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard what I have spoken against this place and its people, they would become a curse and be laid waste. And because you tore your robe, and you wept in my presence. I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather you to your ancestors and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I am going to bring on this place. So they took the word of God that was spoken through Hilda and took it back to King Josiah. So what King Josiah did, he called all the elders together and he went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah. And what he did, he read the book of, of the law. He read the covenant that was made be, between God and, and King David. He stood there and literally read all the way through it. Now, the king ordered the priest to get rid of everything. He's like, yo, every idol, I want it burned. Every, let's see, let's go, let's go to it. Let's go to um, 2 Kings chapter 20, 23 and verse 5. So he says he did away with the idolatrous priests appointed by the king of Judah to burn incense on the high place of the towns of Judah and on those around Jerusalem. Those who burn incense to Baal, to the sun and to the moon and to the constellations and to all the starry hosts. So let's pause. These are just some of the idols that they were worshiping. Baal, the sun, the moon, the constellations and the starry hosts. So he said, get rid of all the, the priests who were hired to light the incense to those gods. So verse six, he took the Asherah pole from the temple of the Lord to the Kidron Valley outside of Jerusalem and burned it there. He took 
everything. He scattered dust over the graves of the common people. He tore down the quarters of the male shrine prostitutes that were there in the temple of the Lord. He literally got rid of everything that was not like God. He cleaned house. One of the things that I think is most remarkable about this story is, is Josiah's responsiveness. It's his quick humility after hearing the covenant that was made. He was in awe. Like, are you kidding me? All of this time we have been taught false teachings. We've got to clean up house. We've got to get it together. So let's go to our topic about responsibility versus rebellion and hashtag adulting. So number one, Josiah was eight years old when he became king. When he came into knowledge of the book of law, he was only like 26 years old. He was a young man. He was a young adult. And what we must realize is being an adult, you have the power to make any choice you want. And for Josiah, not only was he an adult, but he was king. So he, he's been had power. He's been the top dog. He's been the decision maker. But as an adult, we have power to make any choice that we want. But the key to being an adult is making responsible choices. When Josiah came to understand the covenant that God made between he and David, Josiah could have rebelled. Josiah could have been like, I'm king. I got all the money. I got all the power. I got the respect that I need. I could have any chick that I want. He could have rebelled against the word and the covenant that he heard. But what did he do? He turned away. He began to seek God. And as a reward, God told him he would not let him live to see the destruction of his own people. So let's talk about this. We're gonna, I'm going to share with you five ways that you know you're acting responsibly and five ways you know that you're acting rebellious. All right. And I want you to really think about it because, again, King Josiah, he was king. He didn't need permission. But we sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm an adult. I don't need permission. I don't need to ask my mom and daddy. I don't need to talk to nobody else. I got this. I does this. And that is not true. So let's go to um, five ways you know you're acting responsibly. It could be in any given situation. It could be decision making. It could be in what you're going to wear. It could be in the way you think it could be in the things that you do. And ultimately it could be in the matter of your heart. Cause ultimately the word says that God tests the hearts. He weighs the intent of our hearts. So even if you might not be acting out on certain things, what does your heart say? All right. So this is a self-examination even for me. So let's see five ways that you know that you're acting responsibly. The first way is this. You make decisions based on what needs to be done and not what you going to do. When we become adults, we feel like, oh, I could do it because that's just what I want to do. It has nothing to do with anybody. It has nothing to do with what's right or wrong. It's just what we want to do. But when you're acting responsibly, you make decisions based on what needs to be done and not what you going to do. Right. Number two, you consult trusted sources around you, including and especially God. If we think about it, most real decisions cause us to want to acknowledge someone we trust for their opinion, whether it's good or bad. When 
when we um, want to wear a certain outfit, we ask our friend, girl, how does this look? Or we ask someone that we trust. I ask my husband, hey, what do you think of this? Yes, no, maybe. You know, I want to know, like, what are your thoughts on this? Should I do this? Should I not? Even if it's a business venture, if it's a podcast topic, if it's just whatever it might be, I consult the people that I know, I trust, I love, and especially God asking. I did that even this morning. I was consulting God about some things. I said, what should I do? And right there in prayer, he gave me direction. Number three, you prioritize when you're acting responsibly. You don't just shoot off the hip and just do whatever feels good. You really take time to say, okay, this is what needs to be done. I know I do that even more now being married than before, because I know, okay, by a certain time, um, I want to just spend time with my husband or by a certain time I want to be asleep so I can wake up early because I want to be able to make him some breakfast. So at night I might clean up the room. I I know I want to do laundry. I know I want to do this and that, but I prioritize. I might want to go out um, with my husband, get something to eat or go catch a movie or something like that. But I'm like, well, what needs to be done first? I think of home life first. So when you're acting responsibly, you think you prioritize. Number four. You listen to the voice that speaks truth in your mind over the one that speaks negativity or lies. Now, we all know sometimes that little tiny bitty voice in our head can be a little reckless. Like, oh, you should just this. You should just that. Oh, you you better just blah, blah, blah. We all know. But when you're acting responsibly, you weigh all of that in your mind and say, well, no, because if I do that, then this is going to be the outcome or this is what's going to happen. And you you think about all of that. So when you're acting responsibly, you listen to that voice that speaks truth over the one that speaks negativity or lies. And number five, at the end of the day, you want to do what's best for you and the people involved in the situation, the people involved in your life, the people involved in whatever you got going on. You want to do what's best. You don't want to be reckless. You don't want to just lash out and just, you know what, here's what's going to happen. You really consider and you say, okay, I'm going to do what's best for us. I'm going to do what's best for me because you're acting responsibly. Now, let's talk about five ways to know you're acting rebellious. Um, And before we hop into that, I want to kind of address the fact that the kings that came before Josiah, they all were being rebellious. Besides David, the other kings that came before him, they were rebellious. They were full of lust. They were full of pride. They wanted to do their own thing. They didn't care about the covenant. They didn't care about what God had spoke. And I can almost guarantee you that somebody knew something about the covenant because if God made a covenant with the king and then another king comes and then another king comes and then another king comes, somebody knows something. Just how we know history or just how we have the word of God or just how rumors spread from, you know, family generations and, and, oh, well, big mama told me that her great grandma's great grandma did this and that, and this was what was supposed to happen. But because it didn't, we got this going, things passed down. So you can't tell me that at some point, one of the Kings didn't hear about the covenant that God made with David. They rebelled because they were full of themselves. So now let's talk about that. Five ways to know that you're acting rebellious. Number one, You could care less about the outcome of your actions. That was pretty much the kings that came before Josiah. They, one of them, King Solomon, he had like, he married women by the 20s just to make political alliances with other rulers and with other political figures, married their daughters just to satisfy them. 
when that's not what God's will was. He did all this stuff. He, he brought back and implemented slavery just for his own self-seeking good. There was nothing. It had nothing to do with anybody else. It had nothing to do with how anybody felt or how it would affect anyone. He could care less about the outcome of his actions, period. All right. Number two, you do what you want to do because you grown. Now, I'm pretty sure that these kings that came before King Josiah were thinking, I'm king. I could do what I want. In the same way, we can get beside ourselves as young adults and say, I'm going to do it because I'm grown. I'm going to go over here because I'm grown. I could wear this because I'm grown. None of that matters because the spirit behind that is rebellion. All right. I know. Tell you a little story about myself. I know that there are certain things that I could wear that don't bother me. But I know that it might bother my husband or I know that it might bother someone around me. The Bible says that if something would offend our brother or sister, not to do it. Responsibility would say, okay, I'm not going to wear that because I know how this person is going to, how it's going to affect this person. Rebellion would say, I'm going to do it because I'm grown. You understand? All right. Number three, you don't consider the repercussions of your continuous deliberate habits. Now, my dad taught us something that when you love someone, if they tell you that something is hurting them, you work and do your best to change that behavior. But when you genuinely don't care, you keep doing it. You're deliberate in it. It's a habit. It's not just a mistake. It's a choice at some point, right? But when you're acting rebellious, you don't care. You don't consider the repercussions of you continuous, continuing to hurt someone. You don't consider the repercussions of you continuing to act in a certain matter that is displeasing to God because you think you grown. Number four, you replace prayer and counsel with independent thinking. Now, I will say independent thinking, there's nothing wrong with that because sometimes you got to stand on your own two feet and really know what you're going to do or how you feel about a certain thing or what the decision is. But what happens is rebellion says, I don't need to pray about this. Rebellion says, I don't need to talk to anybody about this because this is what I, I want to do. Rebellion I'm not saying don't think for yourself. I'm not saying to always ask for approval. But what I am saying is that when you seek to please God, the least you're going to do is pray. That's the least you're going to do because you want to be pleasing to him. You're not going to think, well, I'm going to do this because I think this is the best decision. But you'll really take a moment and consult God. Every little thing. My husband will ask me, hey, do you think we should do this? Or do you think we should do that? And I'm like, well... I don't have an answer to that, but I know who does. And I say, let's pray about it. And sure enough, God brings forth an answer. All right. Now, the fifth way to know that you're acting out of rebellion is you think you don't need nobody and you're good all by yourself. Now, in some situations, these rules don't apply because I know some people who who really can't depend on other people. But at the end of the day, again, as Christians, our dependency should be on God. Even if you don't need nobody else, you know for a fact that you're not good by yourself because you need God. So remember, there are five ways to know that you're acting responsibly. And there are five ways that you know that you're acting rebelliously. Keep those things in mind before you make a decision. I know there's a lot of people transitioning into adulthood, turning 18 
or maybe reaching milestones in their mid-20s or people who are just now leaving home or like myself, just now getting married. And there's another level of adult life that comes with these different milestones in our lives. According to the government, at 18, I was grown. But in reality, in my home, in African-American Pentecostal, homes <laughs> you're not grown till you get married <laughs> and even then you're under the authority of your husband but we've got to be careful to make sure that we are accountable always to the things of God and the covenant that he's made with us the covenant that he's made through his word the covenant that he made with our families or with us as individuals before anything else so remember that as an adult Your life is not predicated on doing what you want to do because you want to do it. There's a responsibility on your life at a certain age to please God. And if he's not pleased, it doesn't matter how grown you are. He will have the final say. So I want to encourage you to be responsible in your decision making. Be responsible with your emotions. Be responsible with the words that you speak or the way that you respond to negativity I myself even have to look out for that sometimes because funny people say some stuff and I would love to come back with a sarcastic answer, but for what? Right. So we've got to be responsible. So remember at the end of the day, only what you do for Christ will last. So in your decision making, you have to weigh that. Am I being responsible or am I being rebellious? So that is today's episode. Thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe. Make sure that um, if you enjoy it, that you share it or that you like it or that you comment and just kind of let me know what are your thoughts on this topic of um, mastering the art of adulting. Okay. Um, And just a quick sidebar. I recently started my Poshmark and I am selling new and used items from my closet. I'm calling it Ferris Closet. Yay. Because it's my closet. Um, But make sure you check it out. If you go to Poshmark.com forward slash closet forward slash Q as in queen, Farah, then you'll get to my closet or go on Instagram, search shop Ferris and click the link in my bio. So thank you so much. Um, again, make sure that you just leave some comments and likes and shares and all of that good stuff. Share it with a friend who you think could hear this message um, that I brought with you today and um Thanks for listening. Remember that I love you and God loves you so much more. I'll catch you in the next episode. God bless.